You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now let's examine the worship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa One of the important aspects of the Prophet's character and personality is that he was a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In one hadith, Al-Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam describes the worship of the Prophet. He says, وَلَقَدْ قَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ عَشْرَ سِنِينَ عَلَىٰ أَطْرَافِ أَصَابِعِهِ حَتَّى تَوَرَّمَتْ قَدَمَاهِ وَاسْفَرَّ وَجْهُهِ Ten years, the Prophet would stand not on his feet, but on the edges of his toes. Can you try standing on your toes? That's tiring. But it's a sign of humbleness that the slave would show his master. Imam Ali says the Prophet, while worshipping Allah, for ten years stood like that until his feet started to swell. His face would become yellow. He would stand the entire night worshipping Allah. The Prophet physically, because of these long hours of ibadah standing, he physically suffered. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran asking him not to go that far. Allah revealed which verse? Taha. Taha. Ma anzalna alayka al-Qur'an litashqa. And Taha is one of the names of the Prophet. Taha, we did not bring down the Quran for you so you become physically miserable. Because he would stand for like 10 hours at the night just reading Quran on his feet. Which is mustahab to read the Quran while you're standing. And to think like it's the day of judgment and you're standing before Allah. Allah told him, Taha, I did not reveal the Quran so you become miserable. So Allah commanded him, reduce from that, get some sleep. And yes, we'll talk about Surah Al-Muzzammir. So see, see the ibadah of the Prophet, who, who can manage that? How long can you stand on your toes? But when you feel passionate and you're in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can do that. As for the Prophet praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Imam al-Sadiq salam states in one hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to say alhamdulillah officially every day 360 times. It's as if the Prophet is saying a praise for every day during the year. We have 360, about 360 days during the year. The Prophet would say Alhamdulillah 360 times. As for the fasting of the Prophet, the Siyam, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib salam states in one hadith, Sama Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ad-dahra kullah masha'Allah. He says for many years the Prophet fasted the whole year non-stop, consecutively every day of the year. ثُمَّ تَرَكَ ذَلِكْ وَصَامَ صِيَامَ أَخِيهِ دَاوُودَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ يَوْمًا لِلَّهِ وَيَوْمًا لَهِ He says then after that, it seems Allah told him that's too much, you know, you don't have to fast that much. So he started to observe the fast of Dawood alayhi salam. What was the fast of Dawood? You fast one day, you break your fast the other day. So he would fast every other day. ثُمَّ تَرَكَ ذَلِكْ then Allah commanded him to stop that type of fasting. 
Then he would fast الاثنين والخميس Mondays and Thursdays. ثم ترك ذلك Then the Prophet abandoned that and the last sunnah that he had which should be our sunnah he would fast ayyam al-beed. What are ayyam al-beed? The white days. 13, 14 and 15 of the lunar month. And why are they called ayyam al-beed? Exactly, because you have a full moon so at night it's bright. They call those days ayyam al-beed and those nights layali al-beed. So the Prophet would fast three days. A month. Each month three days. And we have a hadith that says if you fast three days each month, it's as if you fasted the whole month. Allah gives you the reward of the entire month. Um, any three days, but specifically these three days have an added ajr to them because it's the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So you can't like the first day, the middle of the month. And yes, you can. But better than that is to fast 13, 14, and 15. That has a higher reward because it's the sunnah. Of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi Yeah, every lunar month, 13, 14, 15 is called ayam al-bid. So now tomorrow is the seven of safar. So not tomorrow, next week, when you get to 13 safar, 14 safar, 15, it's mustahab to fast them. Now the one who fasts these three days during the, 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 the month, Allah will give you the reward of fasting your whole lifetime. Because the one who fasts those three days, Allah will give him the ajr of fasting that whole month. So you're fasting like 12 months. That means like you're fasting your whole life. Imagine the reward that Allah gives you. Yes, yes, of course, outside of Shahar Ramadan. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yes, in the Ramadan we have to fast. Now let's talk about Surah Muzzammil, which gives us an idea of the worship of the Prophet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, qum al-layla illa qalila. What does muzzammil mean? Muta'abbid? Linguistically, no. Eh, mitlaflif. Yes, that's right. Muzzammil means the one who's wearing a cloak to sleep. Back then, if you wear a cloak or, you know, something that looks like a blanket or a garment, and you wrap it around you to sleep, this would be called a person who is muzzammil, mutazammil, meaning he's wearing it. Al-muddathar, the same thing, yes, from dithar. Now, this is one tafsir, that he was wearing a cloak at the time of sleeping. Another tafsir says, Ya ayyuhal muzzammil, Allah is saying to the Prophet, Oh, the one who's wearing the cloak of nubuwa, of prophethood, so now it's symbolic, it's a metaphor for, for prophethood. Basically, build yourself at night. If you want to be a strong prophet in the path of Allah, you have to spend most of the night in ibadah, except for some of the night, you can rest in it. Learn the Holy Quran and read the Holy Quran. And this was the power of strength for Rasulullah sallallahu Even the mushrikeen, they would come to his house in Mecca and they would hear him recite the Qur'an all night long. Subhanallah, they would actually eavesdrop on him, just hearing his mesmerizing voice. Now sometimes they would ask the Prophet, why do you worship that much? 
when you know you're going to heaven, Allah has forgiven you. Even if you wanted to do something, Allah has already for, forgiven you. So what's the, what's the problem? According to one hadith that al-Shaykh al-Tusi in his book Al-Amali narrates, Umar ibn al-Khattab tells him, uh, well, he sees the Prophet ill, sick. So he tells the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, ma ashadda wa'kaka wa himak. Ya Rasulullah, you look very ill. What's, what's the problem? You're not getting some rest? The Prophet says, well, what happened is that night, the, you know, the previous night, I read 30 chapters that have a sab'at tawal, that have the seven very long chapters, like Baqarah, Ali Imran, and these long chapters. So basically, that's why I'm so tired that you think I'm sick. I read 30 long chapters of the Quran. Imagine how long that takes you to read them. And remember, the Prophet would do so while standing. Not like lying down or sitting down comfortably. So Umar told him, Ya Rasulullah, Allah has forgiven you, you're sinless. You put yourself through so much trouble. He said one word. He said, Should I not be thankful to Allah? In other words, the Prophet is teaching us when I spend hours worshiping Allah, it's not because I want Him to forgive me or I want to avoid hell or I want to go to heaven. I just want to say to Allah, thank you. Look at the Iman, look at the worship and ibadah of Rasulullah. You stand before Allah just telling Him, thank you Ya Allah, shukran Ya Allah. Imagine if next time you pray, go with this niyyah. Not that I have to pray and I'm burdened, Stand and just say to yourself, Ya Allah, I'm standing here just to say thank you. That means a lot in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, shukran See, sometimes you say the shukr, sometimes you mean it from your heart. In your heart you say, Ya Allah, the only reason why I'm praying right now is just to thank you, just to say thanks, that's all. I know you're generous, you will give me, but that's not my intent right now. All I want is to thank you. That means a lot. Yes. And the Prophet, you know, he, he earned his status. Of course, he worked hard for it. It's not like he got it from. He earned the status, Akid. It's not that Allah just randomly chose him. No, he earned the status. So, any questions on that? Through the Allah, when He gave him the opportunity, see how hard He worked. Who's willing to do that? Yeah, Allah chose him from the beginning because He knew that when He would give him the opportunity, He would do the best of the best. Allah knew through His infinite knowledge. So He, so Allah chose him. But look at how hard He's working for it. One very beautiful hadith in the book of Tafsir Ali ibn Ibrahim. It's a book on the tafsir of the Holy Quran. He narrates this hadith from his father, Ibrahim ibn Hashim, from Ibn Abi Umair, from Abdullah ibn Sinan, from Al-Imam al-Sadiq Everyone in this chain is thiqa and reliable. Al-Imam al-Sadiq states, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله في بيت أم سلمة في ليلتها. The Prophet was in the house, in the room of Um Salama, when it was her turn, her night. 
because the Prophet would divide the nights equally amongst his wives. So that night was the night of Umm Salama. فَفَقَدَتْهُ مِنَ الْفِرَاشِ She could not find him. He was not in the room. فَدَخَلَهَا فِي ذَلِكَ مَا يَدْخُلُ النِّسَاءِ Basically the Imam السلام, comments that she became uh, jealous. You know, maybe he is spending time with another of his wives. فَقَامَتْ تَطْلُبُهُ فِي جَوَانِبِ الْبَيْتِ So she went searching for him because that's her night. So she does not want the Prophet to go you know, to another house. By the way, Umm Salama, as we've examined before, was a very righteous lady. And the difference between her and other wives of the Prophet is that the other wives of the Prophet, such as Aisha and Hafsa, according to Surah Al-Tahreem, their envy and their jealousy led them to God's disobedience. It allowed for their hearts to go astray. In Tatuba ilallah faqad sagat qulubukuma. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them in Surah Al-Tahreem, you have to repent because your hearts have strayed. Not Umm Salama. Even though sometimes Umm Salama experienced normal jealousy or let's call it envy, it was not to the point that it would push her away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She just went and searched for the Prophet. She did not conspire, she did not cause him headaches, she did not disobey him. So that's very important to note that sometimes we human beings, we have emotions. We may experience jealousy, we may experience envy, and sometimes it's uncontrollable, that's okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to hold you accountable for that. But once you act upon your jealousy, that's when it becomes sinful. So Umm Salama is now searching for the Prophet when she found him in one of the corners of the house in the darkness of the night. He was raising his hands and crying. This is the best of Allah's creation and he cries at night. What did he say? Allahumma la tanzi' minni saliha ma a'taytani abada. Oh Allah, all the good things that you've given me that benefit my dunya and akhirah, do not take it away from me. Allahumma la tushmit bi aduwan wala hasidan abada. Oh Allah, do not ever allow an enemy or someone who's jealous of me to gain victory over me and then to rejoice at my loss. Allahumma wala taruddani fi su'in istanqadtani minhu abada. Oh Allah, when you've saved me from something, never put me back in danger. Never allow evil to find its way to me. Allahumma wala takilni ila nafsi tarfata'inan abada. Oh Allah, never leave me to fend for myself, to protect myself. You always be my protector and guardian. So Umm Salama, she found the Prophet in the corner of the house making the supplication at night. Al-Imam al-Sadiq says in this hadith, فَانْصَرَفَتْ Umm Salama tabki. Umm Salama, when she heard this from the Prophet, she started to cry. Such that the Prophet, he noticed her crying, so he ended his worship and he came to her. مَا يُبْكِيكِ يَا Umm Salama? Why are you crying? She told him, بِأَبِي أَنْتَ وَأُمِّي يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ May my parents be sacrificed for you, Ya Rasulallah. وَلِمَ لَا أَبْكِي Why should I not cry? And you have such a high position. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven all your sins. You don't even have a sin. 
and yet you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you, you ask Allah not to take away the good things in your life, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not let the enemies rejoice at your loss, and you have such a great status, that made me cry. It's as if Um Salama did not expect someone at the status of the Prophet to humble himself so much before Allah. The Prophet told her, Ya Um Salama, wa ma yu'minuni? Um Salama, what gives me safety and security? Even if I'm the Messenger of Allah, I have to keep my position. It's not that you achieve a position and that's it. You know how sometimes when you achieve a high, let's say, academic status, you have to get recertified. Can you say that's it, I got my doctorate degree, I got my teaching degree, I'm set for life. No, you have to get recertified. There are some professions every two years you have to get recertified because they need to make sure that you are maintaining that status. In essence, the Prophet was teaching Um Salama that every minute of my life I have to get recertified. Just because I'm a messenger doesn't mean I made it, khalas. What gives me safety and comfort that this will stay? Maybe one split second I get distracted from Allah and I'll lose what I have. The Prophet says that Yunus ibn Matta, Prophet Yunus, the one who was swallowed by the whale, for one moment, one moment he kind of got distracted from God. Because of the evil of his people, he left in anger. I'm not going back to these people. And he thought maybe that he'll be saved. For a moment, he was distracted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet states, we know what happened to Prophet Yunus. We know what was his fate. For one second, for one moment, he was distracted and he almost died. And if it was not for his tasbih, him asking Allah for forgiveness, he would have stayed in the stomach of the whale until the day of judgment as the Holy Quran states. So the Prophet was expressing this beautiful prayer that every single moment I have to get recertified. It's not just a position, position that I keep for life. Every moment I have to honor this position and I have to work for it. This sheds light on the Prophet's philosophy of ibadah. And why is it that the human being needs constantly to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala?